Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. More signs of life in the housing market, but is the buying activity anywhere near you? Get more into your pension, why it pays to contribute more, and transfer in protected rights. And the return of the 5% account for regular savers. All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Charlene Goff. Hello. Alice Ross. Hello. Steve Lodge. Hello. And our special studio guest, Tom McPhail, Head of Pensions Research at Hargreaves Lansdowne. Hello. So let's start with this week's money news. The Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors' latest survey has reported a 10% increase in the number of house sales in August, back to the levels seen in spring 2008. A quarter of all estate agents have also reported that house prices in their area rose in the past three months. There's even been a small increase in the supply of properties on agents' books. Um, Charlene, you and I have spent what seems like months on the phone to our respective estate agents uh, trying to get our homes sold. But outside the um, exclusive uh, media enclaves of, uh, of London, how widespread is this increased activity? Well, I think it started really in central London, um, which has seen some of the sharpest falls in prices, um, you know, really suffered last year. And that seems to be where activity is starting to come back. It's not interestingly the really super prime parts of London, you know, the the Knightsbridge or Belgravia. They're still, well, activity there is still quite slow. It's really uh, the slightly cheaper areas that are still very prime in central and southwest London, so Chelsea and Fulham and uh, Kensington and Notting Hill. And then it's kind of uh, filtering out to parts of the southeast and southwest. Um, activity there is, still, is significantly ahead of last year. Um, and gradually coming up through the rest of the country, though, I think parts of the north are still suffering. So for those listeners uh, north of Watford, um, is there likely to be a rolling out of uh, this increased activity in the months ahead or is it still too hard to say? Well, actually, the opinion from agents is is differing somewhat about the rest of the country. Savills has come out and said that even as far as uh, York and Lincoln, they're seeing quite unseasonally high numbers of deals being done. Um, And actually in July and August, there were three times the average uh, in those markets, while in some of the prime southeast markets, like Tunbridge Wells and Sevenoaks, they've also seen sort of double, at least double the number of deals being done. 
but another agent, Chesterton Humbert, said those areas were still quite slow. So it it really varies. But and also this has got to be taken in context of last year, which was particularly bad with the housing market really came to a complete standstill after the collapse of, of Lehman Brothers. So these figures are, you know, have a, a looking rosier because of that. Um, but there is some feeling that buyers are becoming a bit more confident. Now, these um, activity levels being reported uh, are, of course, coming from estate agents. Um, what about uh, the, the property auction market? Is there anything moving there? Well, actually, uh, that uh, is seeing quite a lot of activity. And there was one residential auction held on Monday this week. um, And 92% of lots were sold and at some quite significantly higher prices. Um, For example, one house had a guide price of 305,000 and actually sold for £100,000 more than that. So a real sign that buyers are looking for deals but are willing to to pay slightly higher prices and there also seems to be a lot more investors going to auction and investors there for the first time so quite a lot of new entrants coming in and trying to pick up a a bargain Um, but these are still mainly the cash rich buyers and people relying on mortgages are a bit more restrained uh, although there have been some quite good mortgage deals coming back onto the market this week and a bit of a feeling that lenders are a bit more willing to lend so that should help things over coming months. It certainly should help, um, I suppose, first-time buyers. The, the, the reason I ask that is that uh, this is the week that this this new interest-free loan scheme to cover your stamp duty is launched uh, by Dragon's Den entrepreneur James Kahn uh, to a mixed reception, some suggesting that additional borrowing not such a good idea if you're stretched anyway, others saying it could get you uh, a better loan to value if your other costs are, are taken out. Do you think it'll make a, a difference? Well, I think deals at the very high loan to value end are still quite hard to come by. Um, there was some research out from Moneyfax this week that that showed, a, I think, a 15% increase in the number of mortgage deals across all loan-to-values, but you're looking at 90%, I think, or above 90%, there are only still a handful of, of lenders that will that will offer those sorts of deals. So there's a place for that, and we've been saying for a long time that, you know, we want, we need more innovation, we need more help for first-time buyers, and the fact that, you know, this, there's this loan which is interest-free, so it won't add to the monthly cost, um, for first-time buyers could be a good thing, but I think people have to watch how much extra they borrow and when they can pay it back because if they can't pay that back for a few years I think the interest rate on that could become fairly steep. Yeah, but I think any initiative that that gets the market moving uh, uh, will warrant attention. Thanks for that, uh, Charlene. And if you'd uh, like to see a a heat map of the whole country in terms of uh, housing market activity, look out for Charlene's article uh, in FT Money with the weekend FT. Still to come on the show, how to get 5% or thereabouts on your savings. First, though, pensions. If you read FT Money last week, you'll know that employees are being urged to act now to protect their company pensions as employers seek to cut costs by slashing benefits. Companies are reducing their contributions to staff schemes or even cutting them altogether as the recession hits. A survey by Standard Life has found that one in ten companies with a defined contribution scheme has already cut benefits, while a further 18% are considering changes. But there are other ways to get more into a pension. 
In fact, it's almost a year since it's been possible to transfer protected rights pensions built up from national insurance rebates into your own self-invested scheme. So, Alice, um, there are ways to get your pension back on track. Yes, and one of the ways that we've been looking at this week is by using protected rights that you've built up in other pension arrangements and putting them into a self-invested personal pension. So, Tom, maybe you could start by explaining what protected rights actually are. Okay, so this is the money that you've built up in a private pension as a result of choosing to opt out of the government's second-tier pension system, what used to be called SERPs and is now called S2P, the state second pension the government pays a rebate into a private pension arrangement for you. And this is the money that's called protected rights. And up until last October, there were restrictions on how you could invest this money. And then last October, the government said, right, you know, actually, we don't care anymore. You can move the money around if you want. And particularly, you can transfer that money into a self-invested personal pension if you want to. And why were there the, these restrictions? They, they had to be kept in slightly safer funds, didn't they? It was, it was partly about the security of investments. A lot of it was to do with the fact that self-invested pensions, SIPs, used not to be regulated by the Financial Services Authority. So when the Financial Services Authority took over the regulation of SIPs, the government felt somewhat more relaxed about letting what were these replacement state benefits be invested into SIPs. So they said, OK, fine, you can now transfer the money across into a SIP if you want to. But that said, I mean, SIPs have such a wide variety of possible investments. You could put it into presumably quite a high-risk emerging markets fund or something. And you've been tracking what investors have been doing with protected rights money in your SIP. What, what kind of things have they been putting it y- into? Yes, I have. And I should point out that you, if you really want to set about losing money with your investments, you, you can do that pretty much wherever you're invested. So there's, there's always scope for making injudicious investments. But it has been interesting looking at the investment choices that our clients have made in their protected rights SIPs. And there have been thousands of them in the last year. Um, And they've made some pretty bold choices. So we've seen emerging market funds, specialist equity investment funds, um, and and quite a lot of them choosing to go into banking stocks. Barclays and Lloyds Bank shares were two of the most popular investment choices by our protected rights SIP investors over the last year. But uh, of, you say, thousands of investors have put protected rights into their SIP, but presumably a large portion of people haven't moved their protected rights at all. What, what's your estimate on no, that? No, that's right. So um, looking at our own experience, looking at the, the, the market turnover, I'm, I'm estimating that around 50,000 people have chosen to move their personal pension protected rights into a SIP in the last year. 50,000 is a lot of people, but to put it into context, there are somewhere between 8 and 10 million people who've got protected rights. There's millions of people who've got protected rights. So this is, this is just a start, if you like. So people could be doing a lot more with their pension in that respect. These millions of people could be moving their protected rights into a self-invested personal pension. Absolutely. Now, for some of them, it will not be a good idea. But I think... A lot of these people have got money sitting in dormant, very often underperforming insurance company managed funds. And really what I'd like to see everybody doing is is reviewing their pension investments, taking a look at where their money's invested, what they're paying in charges, and then take a view from there on whether you can do better with your money, whether you should be looking to transfer it, or indeed leave it where it is because it's doing a good job now. 
And of course, if you're reviewing your pension investments, you should also be looking at your company pension scheme. And that's also something that we've been looking at this week because we found out that one in 10 uh, company pension schemes with what's called a defined contribution scheme, where your employer matches what you put into the pension, uh, has actually cut benefits since the recession started for their members. And a further 18% are thinking about cutting benefits, which doesn't really bode well for a lot of us. Is there anything that we can be doing about that? I think I think you're absolutely right, and I, I think we'll see this trend continuing as, as the recession bites. We're going to see jobless numbers going up. The squeeze is still on, even if we do return to economic growth. Ultimately, your retirement income is dependent on what you do with the pension. You can look to your employer to help you, uh, and so try and get the best contribution rates you can out of your employer. If they start cutting contributions, what else can you do? It's up to you to try and close the gap by increasing your contributions. So that's one step. If necessary, increase your contributions. Perhaps look to retire later. You can also look at things like salary sacrifice, which is a way of giving up your income, getting your employer to pay money into your pension instead of giving it to you as your salary. It's very tax efficient to do that. So if your employer will play ball, it's a good idea. There are knock-on implications for that, but that that's one thing you can look at. But Tom, um, I remain bemused at how employers can get away with cutting what, at the end of the day, is deferred pay. That's what pensions are. I mean, are employment contracts now so flaky that that we shouldn't have trade unions and employees suing their employers left, right and centre over these effective pay cuts? The pensions are deferred pay. Um, when it, and, and employers have to consult with their employees. They can't simply announce one day, I'm cutting your pension contributions. At the end of the day, if it's a question of would you like a job or would you like to uh, to see a cut in your pension contributions, when push comes to shove, it's generally the pension contribution that's going to suffer from that. So yes, you have to go through consultation. You can negotiate with your employer, but if they really, really need or want to cut your contributions, they do have the scope to do that. Which I suppose leaves everybody needing to uh, to look at uh, the alternatives that you've mentioned, salary, sacrifice, high contributions. Absolutely. And ultimately, what you get from retirement is going to be what it, – it's down to you. So you need to look at what you're paying in, what your employer is paying in, and make sure that it's enough. And, and, and use these tricks, if you can, to try and improve the, the contribution rates. Well, thanks very much, Tom and uh, Alice. And uh, you can read uh, Alice's eight-step guide to getting more into your pension, be it uh, a SIP or a company scheme, before it's too late, in FT Money this weekend, and online at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, savings accounts. One-year bonds offering 5% interest on deposits have long since disappeared, with the average one-year deal now paying just 3.11%, according to the latest figures from Money Facts. But it is still possible to get 5% or thereabouts if you can be disciplined by being a regular saver or committing to a longer term with a get-out clause. Um, So, Steve, what are the best deals out there right now for people needing that sort of level of interest? Well, absolutely, Matthew. You're absolutely right that 5% is not available everywhere by any means. No surprise base rate is 0.5%. Instant access accounts, most of them are paying less than 1%. Uh, but we've talked before about these these regular saver accounts, these tortoises of the investment world where you save every month. You can only save up to typically up to £250 a month or £500 a month, but they do offer very good rates. There's quite a few out there currently offering 5%. Halifax, Royal Bank of Scotland, NatWest. 
Norwich and Peterborough Building Society, all offering fixed rates of 5% for a year. You're only tied in for a year as well. And the catch that people often refer to as well about, but, you know, that's not very much money. Well, frankly, I don't know how much spare cash you have left at the end of the month. Not much. Um, exactly. And you could always open all four of those. So there already you've got in excess of £1,000 you could save. Um, so... From my perspective, they're a very good sleep easy way of saving and a very good savings discipline because you just set up the standing order, come back in a year's time, and hey presto, you've got um, a nice little nest egg with a bit of interest on top that has been accruing at a good rate. But if, unlike me, uh, you've got a large lump sum that you're looking to get in and earn 5% on, it is now the case that you've got to tie it up for five years. Um, is there any way around that? You, you're right, Matthew. I mean, we, we, we've we written recently about um, the removal of some very good rates, at 5% five pl- plus rates, on three-year bonds, tying you in for three years. And it's true that as people have turned to fixed rates, as generally instant access and other savings rates have fallen in the last six months, um, people have said, mm, I, I'm not sure about tying my money up for five years. You know, I don't even know what I'm doing next Tuesday, let alone in five years' time. But... If you look at the fine detail of some of these five-year bonds, the tie-in is not quite as exacting as you'd expect. Birmingham Midshires, for example, and Saga, which I I think is effectively the same product, um, offer a 90-day interest penalty if you want to come out early. So some experts there are mulling this idea that you could go in now, get that premium 5%, 5.15, I think, in one case, over five years rate, Take that for the next year or two before base rates start turning up, more savings rates come up. If suddenly we get a huge rush up in savings rates beyond above that 5% and your, and your 5% then looks unattractive, then fine. Pay the 90-day penalty. You're effectively giving up 1.3% of your interest, only taking you back to about 4% for that last year, and then move into that high-paying account. And if the best you can get on a on a one year bond is just over three uh, percent, which is the, 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 the four, but yeah, uh, sorry, that was the average figure I was yeah. giving. Yes, the, the average is just over three, but you can get up uh, up close to to four. You get no worse deal by taking this 90-day penalty, do you? Absolutely. That's one way of thinking about it. I mean, you do need to work through the arithmetic. I mean, as one expert said to me this week, um, the analogy is with being tied into a mortgage and having an early repayment charge. Some people have thought about this when they've been tied into sort of high fixed rate mortgages. You pay your remortgage charge, you've really got to go through the arithmetic. What do I pay? What would I gain by switching to the new deal? And as with mortgages, uh, so with savings, the bigger the balance you have, the greater the potential benefit in going through that hassle. But it is important to sit down. But in summary, I mean, the point is, do not rule out just because it says five years on the tin. Have a look inside the tin and there might be uh, uh, something a little bit better. And just looking a little bit further ahead, we're, we've seen 5% uh, bonds come and go. Um, is there a view that in the future uh, we may see interest rates creep up a year's time, two years' time? Yes. I mean, there's there's incredibly intense competition at the moment. 
Um, so um, you can't rule out short-term increases. But many people would say where we're at now, which is you know up to about five at best on fixed rates, up to about three or just over on instant taxes, you're not going to see much increase over that, barring a, a big change in the base rate in the wider interest rate environment. City experts, of course, tell us that uh, base rates ain't going nowhere this year and possibly, some would say, not even next year or sort of later into next year. So you're potentially looking at a period, and you've already had six months of base rate stability at this record low of 0.5%. That period may last one, even possibly two years in total. When base rates do come back, some analysts would say that banks will try not to pass on those rate increases. But at the same time, they're desperate for cash. So they no doubt will find various areas of the market. But one thing to realise about the whole savings market, um, just just as in the investment world, in the, in the stock market world, diff, over different periods of time, there's almost a rotation into different types of accounts. Right now, uh, regular savings accounts and some of these five-year bonds look attractive. Earlier this year, two-year bonds looked very attractive. Just weeks ago, three-year bonds. In, in the next few weeks, maybe ISAs with the, the October um, uh, allowance increase. So it's, it's, you've got to keep your eyes on your, on your rate, basically, and what's available out there. So keep your eye on the market, or better still, uh, have Steve do it for you, uh, which he has done uh, for this weekend's FT Money. So if you'd like to know more about the best of those savings rates that he's mentioned, look out for his article in FT Money with Weekend FT and online at ft.com forward slash money. But that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you can find all of these stories and weekday news on the website at the address I've just given. And you can read and comment on our latest blog posts at ft.com forward slash money matters. We'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Steve, Alice, Charlene and Tom McPhail from Hargreaves Lansdowne. Goodbye. Goodbye. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.